0: everyone, and welcome to the Rising Stars Podcast. I am your host, Brianna Moriarty. Today, we have a couple members of the Shopify team. We have Sean Buckley, and he is the retail partnerships lead, along with Monet, who leads up the product partnerships. Um, Shopify, their mission is to unify in-store and online sales with tools that set them up for the future of retail, and they take a very merchant-first approach. So I'm really excited to talk to them and hear about kind of what they're doing um, to to help unify the online and in-store experience. So, hey, guys, um, thanks for being with us. Can you start off by telling us about Shopify and each of your roles?
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us. Um, So I work in or we both work in retail partnerships here. And at Shopify, we define retail as our focus on bricks and mortar merchants. Um, and that means our point of sale, but really it's an omni-channel solution that we provide to our merchants that connects both the offline and the online sales channels and operations. And my role here specifically is to work on um, partnerships for growth opportunities. So. Looking at how we can partner to expand uh, our products' reach, and that is via joint value propositions, joint solutions, unique offerings in the market that benefits the merchants, and then um, both of our companies in our partnership.
0: Awesome, and Monet, how about you? Yeah, I
2: am. In, we're part of the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, my focus is more on the product side and. How we look at product partnerships for retail, uh, of sale, or or I would say retail businesses is uh, one. We look at the product gaps that hey, like Shopify of Sale ha- ha- offers these features, but our merchants need all of these other things to to mm-hmm. offer to their merchants or generally like to run their business. Uh, but but we also take like a holistic view that today in in uh, the in current scenario, like what tools does does a merchant need to run an omni-channel uh, omnichannel retail business uh, effectively, efficiently, uh, and seamlessly, right? And Mm -hmm. what all tools are required. Uh, Based on those tools, we look at like uh, various partners who can help us fill those gaps. Uh, And that is where my role comes in, uh, in helping uh, identifying those gaps and finding partners to, to fill those gaps.
0: Awesome. I love that approach that you guys aren't, you know, necessarily just trying to do everything yourself. I think so many, um, software companies or, um, businesses will like, you know, they'll get a request from a customer and be like, well, we don't have that. So we need to build it. Um, but the approach to go out and find partners is, is definitely a good one. Um, so, I think people that might be unfamiliar with the channel and what we do might think of Shopify as just an e commerce solution. I think everyone, you know, starting a small business is looking at Shopify for an easy um, e commerce platform, but you're starting to get more and more into the brick and mortar space and working on offering a true omni channel solution. So, what is it? in your opinion, that makes a good omni-channel strategy or experience in the retail space?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, and good insight on, on Shopify. So we're now, we, we look at ourselves as a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with multiple sales channels and multiple areas that a merchant can uh, potentially reach their customers. Um, so Traditionally that was e-commerce for us, but now it's these digital sales channels that extend into um, the physical world as well. Uh, and so the one thing that that makes omni-channel like a good experience for us is we, we look at it as an omni-channel experience because we're a platform. So the difference being um, a merchant can operate a multi-channel op- um, business where they can sell online and maybe they're selling in a marketplace and they're selling uh, in-store as well. Um, and they're running different systems to do that. And those systems are allowing them to sell in those different channels, but they're not necessarily mm-hmm. talking to one another. Um, they're not integrated. There might be double entry accounting going on, double entry on inventory at the end of the day, reconciliation, payments, reconciliation, all of these things right. that um, that have them running a multi-channel business, but uh, it's not necessarily omni-channel. And that's where us as a platform, we're connecting all of that information, all of that data Um, into one place, it's talking, um, those channels are talking to one another. So if something's sold in store, the inventory that is available on the other sales channels, be that in social uh, selling marketplaces or your Shopify e-commerce site, that inventory is reduced in real time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The orders are all aggregated into one place. And that's that omni-channel solution that allows you to have at least your systems and your your backend information all talking to one another and your customer database is all integrated. Um, but where it extends past that is uh, what we know now is that uh, in today's retail, customers take um, a, a customer journey that is not linear. Mm-hmm. So it's like a non-linear path to purchase where they might start on one channel and then they go to another and then they go to another. And as many as six on average we see Um, before they make that purchase decision. So an example is they might see something on Pinterest about a product or your brand um, Mm -hmm. or your store. And then they go directly to your e-commerce site to do some more investigation. And maybe they go to a competitor site to investigate more. And then maybe they go into your store to try something on. And then they think about it and they go home and they get an (laughs) email from you with like a a promo code or something like that. And that converts them um, and they buy online. Uh, And then that experience happens extends post-purchase into how you um, interact with your customers afterwards because mm-hmm. you have their information and you're able to understand those customer journeys. Um, that's where we see like the power of omnichannel and the difference um, of an omni-channel platform starting to take shape. Um, and there's, there's a ton of benefits in understanding uh, that customer journey and where that customer came from and where they went to to make that path to purchase or that conversion. Um, because by understanding that with like a true Omni channel tool, uh, you can invest in curating more of that behavior from your customer base and then drive repeat purchases on the high value mm-hmm. <laughs> path, the conversion paths. Um, I could talk about this for days, so there's a, oh, there's a lot yeah, there, but no it's, uh, <laughs> um, uh, that's basically like a good experience has all of that information being shared. Those insights are readily, uh, served up to the merchant and Mm -hmm. then actionable like you can actually take those insights and then and apply actions that benefit your business or your intended outcomes as a merchant um because those insights are there
0: right that's that's funny that you mentioned that i was kind of laughing because the whole pinterest and then going to the e-commerce site in store you're describing my exact customer journey what i do (laughs) with my online (laughs) shopping um yeah So I think historically, when we think about omni-channel in retail, we think about brick and mortar stores, establishing an online presence, but what you guys are kind of specializing in and finding a lot of is working that backwards. So, um, you know, there are so many e-commerce stores today that don't have a physical presence. So can you kind of expand and tell me more about that, how, um, you know, Creating that omni-channel experience, kind of going what we think of as as backwards.
1: Yeah, I, I'll I'll jump in with some like quick, uh, practical, like actual hap- things that happened in the last year that mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, highlight that a bit, and then mana can expand on that too with like um, how our app ecosystem is is driving that type of behavior as well. Um, so the the backwards journey. Well, actually, it, it's a two-way journey. So we're seeing a lot of merchants, uh, not just like they, they might sell with point of sale and they want to start an e-commerce store, but they want it all to be interconnected. And this mm-hmm. is where having your point of sale on the same platform as your e-commerce makes sense. Um, because things like like buy online, pick up in store, this is something that we created quickly and we were able to ship quickly because right. our merchants needed it last spring um, globally. It was just something that they needed their, the ability to Reach their customers when their doors were mandated closed, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and that's that uh, uh, an example of a functionality where the two connecting um, is is being pushed out of just out of need. It's not even just a want, but it's something that we have to do as a merchant to keep our business afloat. Essentially, uh, buy online, local delivery, buy online, um, uh, curbside pickup, these things. Um, but that also goes both ways. So if we build the functionality, it doesn't mean that we just move from online to in-store. Merchants can have shopping experiences where customers can browse in-store um, and then they can make a purchase. And then the merchant has that information and they can email the customer suggested upsells or cross-sell products um, to uh, check out on their online um, uh, check checkout and that way they can increase the average sale volume um, mm-hmm. or average sale value from that particular uh, interaction with that customer.
0: Okay and Mata did you want to weigh in?
2: Yeah yeah sure. Um, so I, I agree with Sean that uh, when we talk about omnichannel it kind of goes both ways right like we have physical uh, and we we work with such merchants as well like having uh, D2C digitally native brands who want to move on offline and online brands uh, and offline companies like we just had like physical retail Mm -hmm. uh, kind of set up like e-commerce channel. Now, historically, when this whole uh, thing started, like it it was really a way for retailers to meet the customer wherever they shop, right? so i've already got an e-commerce present but but my customer also shops offline so i need to have an offline presence on so meeting them where they shop right and vice mm-hmm. versa. Um, and but slowly retailers started realizing that by doing this on um, by having an omni channel business it's not just a channel strategy there is a big advantage in terms of the lifetime value of the customer so the customer who's buying engaging with your brand, both online and offline, tend to shop more overall with uh, with, the, with the brand, right? So example, Target recently in the earning report said that uh, the customer who buying with them both online and offline spend 30% more, have a 30% higher value to them like than a customer who's just engaging with them online or offline. Um, okay. That's kind of one point. And the other point is around synergy. So, and if I call it like version one, then any retailer who's looking to do like omni uh, omnichannel should at least have these four pieces uh, together, right? So one is uh, buy online, pick in store, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, actually five pieces. Second is ship from store, uh, localized shipping, right? Third I would say is uh, buy online, but you should be able to return in store so that you're coming in and still engaging with the brand, and
1: mm-hmm. also
2: give them an option to return. Fourth is appointment booking. So you're engaging with a brand online, but you want to visit the store, you can book an appointment, come check out uh, the merchandise. And fifth, I would say having like an omni-channel loyalty program, like a gift card loyalty program. Mm-hmm. So this I would call like a V1. So we talked about historically how they looked at it and then they moved to V1. Mm-hmm. Now what we're experiencing is something called like the V2, where with new tools and technologies, they're going like even further than the synergies that we talked about in V1. And they're doing things like uh, client tailing, like post-purchase client tailing. And we have partners like India who helps with that. And then there is a uh, uh, live connection between store associates and customers. Uh, and we have partners like Hero and Kazam who powering in that. And this these kind of tools became really effective during COVID lockdown because the uh, the customers could still leverage their store staff to personalize the experience for online customers and help themselves. Right. They could sell outside the four boundaries of the store. Um, and we're seeing many more technologies around personalized recommendations where you have like a centralized database and you're able, when the customer is coming, you ask for the email and, and you can actually check out the entire past purchase history with the customer online, offline, and you're making personalized recommendations. You can actually do that with Shopify Pornosale right now, plus with other partners who've integrated with an extension that allows for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So lots of exciting stuff happening there.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. Um, So you guys both talked about um, kind of customer retention and how to continue engaging with your customers after the sale. And of course, since we're talking about retail, we have to talk about the pandemic, how would you say that retailers can grow or maintain at least their customer retention during this time? Um, and Monet, I know you just touched on it a little bit, but if you guys could expand upon that a bit more,
1: yeah. So, uh, and uh, I'll let Monet expand with the some of the actual applications that power some of this thought. But mm-hmm. um, the the one thing is, if you look at a customer's purchase journey, there's the the path to conversion. So there's that pre-purchase journey where they're discovering products or brands and what they want. And they're, they're doing an um, investigation and research and um, they're getting motivated to buy the product. And then there's the conversion point. And then there's a post-conversion journey um, that takes place. And it's mm-hmm. in that post-conversion journey where you can actually engage with customers um, to drive retention, to drive repeat purchase, and then drive advocacy ultimately where you want those customers to become brand advocates. And um, there's a huge halo effect that comes out of that. Uh, but basically, it's a focus on post-conversion tactics. Mm-hmm. And that means making sure that after your customers purchase from you, you're able to connect with them and try and uh, motivate them to like make a repeat visit, uh, have a high re- higher average spend on that repeat visit, um, become an advocate for the store by leaving positive reviews or um, making referrals to friends or even social posts and and about their experience with the store mm-hmm. um, and, and that will drive uh, customer retention and loyalty. Um, now how that actually happens, uh, so again back to the omnichannel experience, you can understand how your customers are interacting with you post by looking at some um, uh, insights and some of those insights might be driven by our partners uh, that mm-hmm. we work with today. So loyalty programs and I'll let Manit expand, expand on that. Okay. And the uh, different yeah, channels on how uh, you can reach those customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks,
2: Sean. And I'll just kind of expand on Sean's point there because I completely agree there. So in terms of post purchase, um, actually, I'll expand on it and sort of add two three points. So one, expanding on the post purchase journey itself. Like um, so, post post-purch- purchase. Post uh, purchase, we have various tools now which merchants can uh, leverage to mm-hmm. engage. The customers on an on right? Um, email has been historically like the dominant uh, dominant tool being used by merchants. Like we earlier, Shopify has its own email marketing product, and then we have partners like Klaviyo, which which allow you to do that like really effectively. Even Marcelo uh, is an automated email marketing product that helps you analyze cohorts of customers and um, and and market. Uh, increase the lifetime value of the customer based on those cohorts.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I guess in terms of tools now, on top of email, we're seeing SMS as a big tool which merchants are using, and we have partners like SMS Bump and PostScript uh, who help with that. On top of that, I would say that client tailing is another, uh, another way where merchants can leverage the information, the insights that they have from the customer, mm-hmm. to reach out to them regarding new launches, promotions. Um, or even like uh, something just come back in stock, right? Like customers looking for it without of stock and you can sort of talk about that. That's one piece, right? The other piece is like, just think about reducing friction in every point of your interaction with the customer uh, to overall enhance the experience, right? So so to give you an example, let's say uh, 30% of online uh, uh, purchases, like uh, average kind of, we see that uh, there is a tendency for for people to return those items. Mm-hmm. Now, now even making that return experience really pleasant, giving the customer the option to exchange an item, uh, turn it into a gift card, or if they want to if they want to just uh, refund, get a refund, or if they want to return it, like give them an option to maybe refund by mail, refund in person at a FedEx, a UPS location, even return it to a store, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and make it sustainable. Like, uh, I mean, it serves both the benefits. You make it box free. Uh, we have a partner, Happy Returns, uh, which does that. Like, you can actually just print, like, a, uh, you can just have a QR code on your phone. You can just take the item as it is, drop it off. Yeah, it's it, all of that happens in reusable totes, and just show your QR code and the scan. Right. So you're actually reducing the friction all along the way, which gives the com uh, the customer the comfort to actually try and come back again and try something, right? So so that's something that I I think is impactful. Another thing that we're seeing is you can connect, you can brand which are sustainable, conscious about sustainability. I think that is another thing like, which builds kind of loyalty and allows customers to come back. And Mm -hmm. shop app is a classic example of that. Like you can actually track your uh, orders and you can and, and uh, merchants can configure carbon offset. So the item which is getting shipped to that, how much carbon is getting offset? Like Shopify, simultaneous, mm-hmm. how much carbon is generated because of that shipment? And how much carbon is getting offset? Right. So those kind of things are also uh, something that we're seeing, which are impactful. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, I would say like other trends are like if you get your customers to follow you, engage with you on social media channels, like. TikTok, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Shopify has partnered with these companies now, right? And, and deep partnerships where uh, where you're not only building brand awareness, but you can actually re-engage with the customer, have them shop again with you uh, and, and be reducing fix in that. So, so that could be another way. You could, uh, another thing you could do is you could do engage into live selling, like live mm-hmm. selling events, make it uh, inter- so you can, and you can host like special events uh, preview or pre-pre uh, launch kind of events for special for loyal customers, and and we have partners like Rosie and LifeScale, which are powering that end-to-end experience to stream and shop uh, with real-time engagement for these kind of events across social media channels. So uh, yeah, like I'll uh, I'll kind of uh, sum it up with with that last one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You guys sounds like you've thought of everything. <laughs> Um, so I guess kind of going back to the brick and mortar, um, you know, especially as more retailers start to open up, um, you know, as regulations start to lighten, um, how can retailers increase their brick and mortar store traffic, not only in today's world, but with the whole, you know, retail apocalypse that never actually happened, um, and the convenience of buying online, how can retailers still ensure that they're bringing customers into the store?
1: Yeah, uh I think one thing is having an uh, like an omni-channel marketing strategy mm-hmm. that um points customers to a, a journey that you might want them to take. So if um if that involves in-store, then having the marketing kind of guide the customers towards that. And so when we look at like what is omni-channel marketing and what does it, what it mean by that, it's uh like earlier on i said there's multiple surfaces that a customer might take it's a non-linear path to purchase they might start on pinterest and then Mm -hmm. go to the e-commerce site um, and then go to uh, another channel to like a mobile app or something like that and then go in store and so on that journey um if you're using apps or if you're using tools to understand where the customers are engaging with your marketing efforts so if you put a spend on on a, a cost per click somewhere or Uh, digital marketing ad, um, and you look at that, you can serve customers with uh, promotions or motivational tactics to get them to the conversion point where you want them to. So you can say, okay, well, 15% off in store, you can time bound that offer to create urgency. Mm -hmm. um, And you can serve that through that those channels that you might be marketing to your customers. And then again, after they make the purchase in store, if you're really savvy, Um, you take a post-purchase, uh, action and you market, um, them a discount or an incentive to go shop online later that day,
0: um, Mm -hmm.
1: and do your upsell or cross sell. And so this creates this like 360 world where the customer is able to engage with your brand. Um, and you're also able to try and incentivize them to engage with you, um, in the physical space in the bricks and mortar space. It's, it's interesting because, um, I don't think, like you said, the retail apocalypse that never happened. And so I don't think that bricks and mortar retail is going away. I think it's mm-hmm. just how do um, merchants conceptualize the way that customers are interacting with their brand or their store, the way that customers want to shop with them, and then are able to adapt their business practices to, to basically maximize um, their sales and their engagement with their customers um, through those channels.
0: hmm Yeah, I I definitely fall victim to the omni-channel marketing all the time because I hate waiting for shipping. So I always do buy online, pick up in store. Then I go to pick up my items and I'm looking around and I buy more stuff. And then they give me coupons for online. It's just an endless cycle. We're just going to take a really quick break to talk about Stars POS Shields. I'm sure you've seen them, the plexiglass dividers that can be spotted at nearly any point of sale or reception desk. But did you know that not every sneeze guard is made the same? Take protection to the next level with Star's POS Shield. This sturdy yet lightweight and portable sneeze guard is compatible with any existing POS terminal and requires no countertop mounting or drilling. Even as the economy reopens, health and safety will remain a priority, and the POS Shield will be there every step of the way, offering effortless protection during future flu seasons and more. Learn more now at starmicronics.com. Um, so something that we've been kind of saying at Star over the past year, it's kind of been our our motto and theme is that with challenges and, and all this change comes opportunity. So, Monik, can you tell us about some of the new technology that you see trending for retailers today?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, definitely like the the pandemic and and, and I mean historically like the penetration of e-commerce was growing and there were talks about retail Apple, products and, and basically like merchants having to reinvent themselves. Uh, I would say uh, that's one and, and obviously COVID kind of accelerated those things, but mm-hmm. but there are like many tools that we're seeing, which which can help merchants and we touched up, upon some of them earlier, like client tailing tools. And, and, uh, and I think one tool that I would specifically talk about here is that physical stores I mean are are more than just like something for customers to walk in buy right mm-hmm. like you can do much you can derive much more ROI and value out of your stores right so thinking about it that way and empowering your store associates with tools like hero Kazam India where they can sell outside the four boundaries of the store they can engage with online customers they can build a list of clients and clients and reach out to them at regular intervals. Uh, like those kind of tools help in um, in just uh, selling more, and engaging more with your overall merchant audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on top of that, uh, what I would uh, mention is another strategy is uh, is leveraging like things like chatbots or even live chat on your website, right? Mm-hmm. Like Shopify Messenger does that, and there's another solution called Tidio that we're seeing. Um, uh, quite a bit of adoption where a chatbot and a live chat is twenty four seven live kind of is integrated on your website. Uh, that's an interesting one. Um, another strategy uh, that that can be leveraged is is pop up stores, right? So you're not there everywhere. If you're just an online brand, then. Having like pop-up stores at strategic locations and leveraging marketplaces like Neighborly, which is a Shopify partner, and even Pierre Hair, mm-hmm. uh, could be an interesting strategy to enter new markets, bring brand, uh, build uh, brand visibility, and, and even tip your toe into like kind of physical retail. Like right? that could be uh, that could be kind of interesting. Uh, And and I would say technology shouldn't be just limited. When we talk about new technology, we shouldn't just be talking about the front-end stuff. There is a lot of stuff that retailers can do at the back-end to optimize their operations, right? Uh, For example, like uh, there are intelligent price and margin management solutions available where you can dynamically uh, change your your pricing and improve uh, and get an outcome in terms of Better sales, or uh, at a at a predetermined margin, or or, or clear out of certain amount of inventory, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, intelligent inventory management, like uh, in analytics, like those are things that retailers really should be looking at. How much, what more value can they derive out of that data, right? Like right.
0: Uh,
2: inventory data, but also like customer data, fulfillment, other things. Uh, another thing if I if I may is is automation like we have Shopify flow which is right mm-hmm. now like relevant for plus merchant but you can actually automate a lot of stuff that like based on customer journey right if a customer is doing this buys an automatic kind of email goes out to them after right. like two weeks three weeks another sort of follow-up goes to them feedback reviews uh, and there are apps like Zapier that also allow to do with that uh, automation integration with multiple solutions. So that's another kind of backend strategy that I would recommend. Uh, that's enabled by the by the new kind of technology uh, that's available in the market now.
0: Awesome. So you have mentioned um, throughout. This episode, a lot of different third-party apps um, that Shopify is working with and other partners. So, since you're you're kind of responsible for finding those partnerships, what is it that makes a good partnership with another tech solution provider? What are some of the things you look for in that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the number one reason really is we are a merchant first company like we think about our merchant needs how can we help our merchant be more successful i guess uh, that's the first thing like where is is the app partner uh trying to solve something for our merchants that shopify isn't solving or something that uh that is really innovative right like which with high ROI so Mm -hmm. uh, i would just sort of give it that that obviously like product market fit is important, like at least for retail merchants or corner sale merchants right now, currently with our corner sale pro, our, our, uh, our target audience is merchants with one to 20 kind of store locations. Uh, we uh, Currently at least we don't work with enterprise merchants uh, with hundreds to hundreds and hundreds kind of stores. So so that's our fit. So solution that are solving for these SMB merchants, helping them run their business uh with in more effectively uh, and leveraging even new technologies generally mm-hmm. make the partner uh, and this is kind of the guiding principle the other uh, principle i would say is that partners should generally look at uh, at our apis and we have like great API documentation and and look at and think about what are the apis that they can leverage mm-hmm. uh, to to generate more value for and how embedded can the experience be within Shopify, whether it is admin, whether it is corner sale, so that from a customer, a merchant perspective, they don't have to uh, like go to like five different websites, five different apps and run their business. Like They can use uh, Shopify admin and corner sale and integrated kind of solutions uh, to, to manage most of the business, right? So, so that is kind of very important for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lastly, what I would say is again, like a guiding principle Shopify, um, again, merchant first point, like cares about the data, like merchant data. Mm-hmm. So partners who have same values in terms of protecting merchant data, uh, ensuring that the data is used in the right way uh, for which the merchant has given um, authorization uh, to, to use or leverage that data, like that is really important and complying with those, uh, I would say data policies or some, in some places, like even uh, regulation, like right? GDPR regulation, GDPR of, mm-hmm. like uh, that, is, that is very important
1: for us. For yeah. sure. And just to add to that, like from that merchant first attitude, and another thing is like, does it work? Like, mm-hmm. and I'll throw it back to star, like the star printers we use um, in, in North America for our uh, our point of sale. Um, they work and there's there's not a lot of support volume that comes on the back of having those printers in use and there there's ease of use for the merchant there's a good merchant experience and Mm -hmm. that extends into beyond app partners but to our service partners and um, our hardware partners um, people that provide fundamental payment partnerships things like that Mm -hmm. Um, it's it it has to work as well Um, and so that's kind of another thing that we look at so
0: yeah, of course. And I think that goes back to kind of the merchant first concept, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's hardware or a, a third party app, it needs to not only work, but the ease of use for your merchants so that they can really see the value in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the the non-existent retail apocalypse. And a lot of people, you know, it, it's very obvious that retailers have been struggling and suffering a bit over the past year or so. Um, and some people are thinking that the pandemic might be accelerating this this trend um, but do you guys think that that's what's happening or it, is retail going to come back stronger than ever?
1: Yeah, I, I think so I think if there was an apocalypse in retail, it was that um, traditional retail as we know it uh, might have kind of been forced to change
2: mm-hmm. And
1: so there's a new there's a new style of retail that, Customers are engaging with, and new ways that customers are shopping. So e-commerce via apps, uh, social selling, um, bricks and mortar still, but it's again that customer journey is not linear anymore. You don't necessarily walk into a mall, walk by a store, see a promotion in a window, go try something on, right. um, and then and then buy it. Like most people, at the very minimum, will see that thing in the window and they'll. out their phone and maybe do a quick search just to get a little extra context or data on it Mm -hmm. um and so it's not necessarily that retail has died it's just it's changed and it is changing and it will continue to change um and it's that that's just a, a, a reality of how the retail is operating um one other thing we see with like i guess traditional retail is that, um, there an like an increase in luxury brands going D to C and a market for that. So like direct Mm -hmm. to consumer via luxury brands, um, enterprise going direct to consumer, uh, there's a big increase in shopping in, um, value-based shopping and value brands. Mm -hmm. And so there is a bit of a, like a squeeze in the middle there of the stores that traditionally would have been department stores or reselling those, those, um, uh, the luxury brands or the enterprise brands that, that are now going direct to consumer. Um, right. So that is another change. But from an SMB perspective, um, SMB is, has kind of just changed. It's not going away. There's just different ways that you can reach your customer. And the, the big takeaway is that you should be able to um, uh, support your customer base reaching you in all the ways that they want you. So if it's bricks and mortar, and it's online, then you should be able to do both. And the the shift might be, okay, I don't do 80% of my commerce in store, and 20% online, maybe it's a 60-40 or it's a 5050. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some other channels in there. And that's just the new reality, you can do more revenue, um, you just have to be able to reach your customers in, in the ways that they want to shop with you.
0: Right? Yeah I, yeah, I like to say it's more of a retail evolution. It's exactly. Apocalypse. Yeah. So I know you touched on it, Quite a bit. Um, the the omni channel is obviously a big one, um, experiential retail. But, you know, in your opinion, what are just a couple of key things that retailers do need to do to come back stronger?
1: Yeah. So um, I would say don't give up on any of the traditional space or channels, merchants will still have a huge opportunity in the in-person selling. So be, there's been a big hit in the last year and it's very different from country to country and state to state.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like the, the actual weight of that impact, some, you know, some measures were stronger in other States. Um, but the, the retail, the demand side of that customers want to shop in person. They want to experience physical retail. Mm-hmm. Um, that demand is, is still there. And from a um, um, merchant's perspective, they shouldn't give up on that. Or they shouldn't think that it's, it's gone just because it was paused for a while. Right. Um, now, how the customers interact with the, the merchant, again, is it might be different moving forward. So maybe they do um, purchase online and expect to return in store. Um, but when that return happens, that that return can be turned into a, an upsell or another Um, replacing that product with another product and it's not lost revenue for the merchant necessarily. Um, And so when they're thinking of how do we come back better, how do we, we uh, build stronger as, as commerce moves forward post like the last year, let's say, Um, or even if that last year didn't happen, how would things have naturally changed? How would Mm -hmm. we have expected them to change? Um, uh, It's just being open to uh, having your sales channels connected and making sure that you're, able to reach your customers, um, through the channels that they want to engage your business with, uh, and, and looking outwards and embracing new technologies that help power that as well.
0: For sure. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for your insight. This has been really awesome. Um, can our listeners connect with you both on LinkedIn if they want to learn more? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. And to learn more about Shopify, you can visit shopify.com. For Star Micronics, you can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, or go to starmicronics.com. And if you like today's episode, please make sure to like and subscribe.